Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here is your guide on this journey, Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey everybody, this episode of Car Wash the Podcast is all about marketing intentionality. And Stinger Chemical, they're also all about being intentional, especially when it comes to helping you get a better result on the vehicle. Stinger Chemical specializes in manufacturing and supplying a complete line of automotive and aftermarket chemicals for the car care professional, including reconditioning products, car wash chemistry, automotive chemistry, and equipment. Stop by booth 1235 at the Car Wash Show in Nashville to learn more about their new fragrances, tire dressings, the three-step ceramic process, and scratch repair kit. We'll see you there. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode. This is lucky number 99. We've got our panel of experts joining us, and we're going to talk today about how to be better. Now, I know we talk about that a lot in a lot of different ways, but today is about how to be better uh, when it comes to your promotional offers. Uh, when it comes to pushing your customers into giving you their data uh, willingly and and uh, happily, and creating relationships with those members that, of yours, and then retaining and leveraging that retention to bring more customers to your lot uh, through referrals. To do that, friends, I'm not going to do all that because that sounds hard. What I'm going to do is bring uh, Nick Lopez from <laughs> the Bubble Bath. We're going to bring Nick Rodia. Uh, from Sergeant Clean and Ann Mahler from Soapy Joe's to help teach us. Friends, welcome to the show. Aww. Thanks for having me back. What? <laughs> 90, 99. Yes. Jeez. Jeez. 99. Okay. Well, one day, uh, maybe episode 100 will be full of energy. That's what, that's what I'm feeling. Did you guys know? <clears throat> did you guys know? We're going to play Plinko at the car wash show. Yay, Plinko. Yeah, like how do you not love Plinko? So that's going to be fun. We've got prizes. Um, Are they good prizes? You'll have to come and play. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to do that, you got to find the, you got to find the phrase that pays and you got to come tell me that. And the only way you know the phrase that pays <laughs> is if you have watched lots and lots of these episodes because it's hidden in one. So I threw an oh, Easter egg in for anybody. Who's that like one that. guy that watches all of them? Like Tom, Tom Tilford. Tom, Tom Tilford, Tilford, man. Tom's winning all this. <laughs> Tom knows. Tom's got it. I know he's going to be the first contestant on Car Wash Magazine Live Plinko. So. Also, I think the prizes should all be buttons with your face on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of genius. Well, all right. So we've got, we're off on a good start here as we talk about promotions. Uh, I want to get into. When we were when we were kind of prepping for this conversation, I was talking about a word, a six letter word that nobody seems to like very much called coupon or coupon. If if you're from another region, I don't know. There's apparently ways to say that that are not coupon. So I've now said it three times and I hope that you're all very cringe, uh, cringy and uh, excited about it. We're going to shift the script a little bit. We're going to talk about that in terms of offers and offer strategies. So first. Uh, Nick Lopez, would you just help us understand why couponing is the wrong way to go about it? Well, truthfully, um, 
couponing in general for me has always been about devaluing my product. Hmm. Um, for a very long time, I felt like, uh, well, didn't feel like it's true is car washers get real competitive with each other more than we really consider the consumer. So uh, a lot of car washers will walk into a market, check out what everybody else is charging and charge exactly that. Or we get into OCD levels of three, six, nine, and 12. And it's all wonderful because it's separated by threes. Um, <laughs> however, like in researching price change, like what I really came to find out was that um, as an entity, as a brand, I have the ability to set my own value. And mm -hmm. what my value is, is for the washes. And so changing our prices and raising them up um, in not insignificantly, but not enough to drive people away, but also not enough to mess with people's regular routines. Um, and I kind of view the same thing with couponing. Um, so if I offer big discounts um, on my individual prices and stuff, then I'm just not doing nothing but discounting what I sell. Conversely, I do do membership promotions. So pulling people in with that first uh, that first month capture and then going back to our regular pricing where I can guarantee that I'm going to get something back from giving out that promotion rather than just a one-time use is what's really worked out for me and why we stayed away from kind of direct mail couponing. All right, let's go to let's go to Nick number two uh, for the purpose of this program. Uh, Nick, both Nicks are number one in my heart, so don't worry, you guys. Uh, no, no, Nick, he's number two. I'm number one. Let's <laughs> not mess around. <laughs> All right, well, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, Nick Rodia, what's what's your stance uh, on that on that lovely six letter word? Well, you know, to start, I think Nick number one hit the nail on the head. Is you know when you think about discounting or offers, I'm not going to use that C word. You know, you don't want to devalue your product or your services or the experience if, if you're really confident in the value that you're providing your members and guests. But to introduce a certain segment of consumers to that experience, I think there is an opportunity to get creative. Um, internally here, we kind of look at, we call them the three C's. So we bucket these consumers into convenience category, mm -hmm. cautious category, and cost category. So if you're looking at the three, convenience, they want it quick, on and off the lot, wheels on, wheels off. Cautious, they may have some more questions. So we're training our team members on educating these folks on what the services that we offer are gonna ultimately provide them or the benefits. But then you look at cost. And you look at this group of folks and say, well, what can we potentially do to entice them to try us out while not consistently devaluing our services on an ongoing basis? So when we look at that from that framework and those three buckets, I think there is a place for discounting, but where you're not giving it away as, as Nick kind of spoke to. And what about you? Anything, anything different in your mind or your approach to um, how you how you leverage this particular tool in our uh, tool shed? Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm from Iowa, and we say coupon. <laughs> so, in terms of the pronunciation, um, I have to put my stake stake my claim yeah. there. Uh, I, I definitely 
try to consider where the customer is in the entire sales funnel when we're talking about offering them a discount. How did they go? Because ultimately we're talking about trial, which in a lot of you know uh, traditional sense is in the middle of the funnel. It goes from awareness to trial to conversion. And whether that conversion is a single wash or a membership, ideally for us, it's a membership. Uh, we want to make sure that there's a path that makes sense, that is contextually relevant. And then I think as the other Nick one and Nick two have said, you know, how much value are you going to give away to that consumer? We like to gate that based on what we're getting back from them. Are we getting something like their contact information? I'd be much more willing to give them a, a huge discount, even possibly up to free, um, possibly my best product if we are able to market to them in the future. So for me, I think that's what we really try and keep in mind is how did we um, raise the awareness of that consumer in the first place? How did they know about us? And then what offer would we give to them within that context? Perfect. Okay, so we set the stage here. Couponing on its own and in the traditional sense is not necessarily a valid strategy. Uh, so say the four folks in this little group. I want to get into then um, ways that you can be better with offer strategies. And so we're going to go through a little fun exercise of who, who, what, when, where, why, and how. Let's talk a little bit about um, the who, like how, who, who are the people that you do offer to that you find success with? And we'll go back uh, in reverse order. And let's start with you. Kind of how do you choose who you're going to offer, um, who and maybe what you're going to offer? Right. Well, we like to do a lot of strategies that mirror our existing customers and our best customers. This would be most relevant in the digital world. So if you can take your database, your existing customers, hopefully you're collecting their information and create lookalike audiences, that would be a really good way to make sure that you're appealing to somebody who is like your existing customers mm -hmm. with the thought that the other people who look like them out there, whether it's a demographic or behavioral profile that matches what you know about your own consumers, that would be somebody who would be in the, yes, we want to replicate them. And that is one strategy to go about targeting who with your offers. I love it. I love it. Nick uh, Rodia, how about you? Yeah, you know, I'll piggyback on what Anne said. It's it's leveraging the knowns, right? So if you're looking at your existing member base or your guests, you can say, well, we know these folks see value in the services that we're offering. How can we find, you know, Anne put it perfectly, look-alike audiences um, to, to really promote our products and services too? That's low-hanging fruit, right? Um, as a multi-site operator, as I know that both of my colleagues here on the screen are as well, you know, you do have to take into consideration that not every community that you serve is, uh, you know, peaceful. It's not one size fits all. So you do have to get a little bit creative in terms of strategy and offerings based on demographics. But I think using that treasure trove of data that you already have is going to certainly set you up for success as you move forward. Awesome. How about how about you, Nick Lopez? Um, well, since the easy target audiences have already been taken, <laughs> um, gosh, social media made making lookalike audiences so awesome. Um, I, I'd like to go back to like kind of the original stuff we did before social media became really hot, and that was looking at seven-minute drive times, looking at where people are going, traffic patterns. You know, for us, seventy-five to eighty percent of our business is uh, impulse buying. 
ugh, my car's gross. Look, that's a car wash on my way. Turn. Like, and so being able to hit um, audiences that you know are moving past your place or going to grocery stores or dollar stores or whatever it is that's right around that you can incorporate. Like we know just as an industry, people typically do their errands kind of all together. So if they're going to the grocery store, they're probably going to hit the car wash either before, sometimes after, depending on, you know, kind of raw foods. Uh, same thing with um, to-go food. People will go run, grab a water burger, yeah, Texas, um, and then they'll run through while they're munching on their food and then head back to work or head home or wherever. So uh, another strategy that, that we take is we also geofarm those locations. So I'll geofarm, and by geofarming, I'm saying that I'm soliciting ads to locations that are not mine. So when I say geofence, I'm talking about my locations. When I'm saying geofarm, I'm talking about other people's locations, which is a little dastardly, but I enjoy it. Um, and so, yeah, we geofarm uh, car washes that are really close to us. We geofarm auto centers that are really close to us, the grocery stores. Chick-fil-A is a big one. Um, and this gives us audiences that we know are going to be locationally very relevant um, to each of our locations. And, and like Nick, you were saying, like you've got to pay attention to each one of your locations because the truth is, is that even though I've got six, it's about to be seven, surrounding San Antonio, each one requires different tweaks to our message, who we're sending out to, what's of real concern to them. Um, and so you get to be a little more creative and, and for the, actually the three of us, we're all kind of smaller operations. So when you're only looking at 10 to 20, how many are you at, Ann? You at 20 yet? What are y'all soapies? You're 20, 16. 16. Yeah, there you are. Even at 16, 20, 20, you're still small (laughs) enough where you can, with Ann's much larger team than mine, hyper-focus, um, on locations and make those individual tweaks to make each marketing ideology significant to that location and all that much more effective. So you, you took, you took their, um, you set us up, Nick, you said you, you acted like you were going to go back to like roots and real basics. And then you threw out a term called geo farming. <laughs> you went, you went like next level because that's that stuff, that geo farming, that's like what's coming now. I cannot help. But think of you sitting like in a in a throne type chair, kind of like Doctor Evil, doing this number while you're just geo farming. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of exactly how it goes, bro. Because <laughs> yeah, you need sharks with laser beams. That's what you need, and then we're in good. I'm saying, shape. man, sharks with laser beams. All right, so we talked a little bit about who, we talked a little bit about what to offer. Um, let's get into like a little bit of the when and the where we. Nick, you were talking a little bit about uh, Nick Lopez. You were talking a little bit about geo farming. Let's come back to uh, Nick Rodia. When are you all? Is there like um, seasonality in play for you? Is it? Um, do you do you try to do it only at certain times of year? Is it kind of a year round thing based on the customer's journey? How do you approach it? Yeah. So for for us as a Midwest operator located in in Northeast Ohio, seasonality is is definitely in play. And for other operators where that is in play, I think, you know, that can be a struggle because there's almost two trains of thought. So if you say, hey, I have a certain part of the year where we know that it may be a little bit light just based on external factors, 
or there's another part of the year where you're moving into peak season. You know, the natural tendency is to say, well, what can I do or what can I put in place to kind of give a little bit of bump during those lighter months and, and maybe say that during our peak season, we're going to let mother nature do our best advertising for us. Yeah. We, we've done that in the past to a sense, but we've also pivoted and said, well, let's slam on the gas during the, the peak season months and, and really promote ourselves to say that, hey, we may have those folks that are out there that are only going to wash X amount of times a year, but we're going to ensure that Sergeant Clean is top of mind during those months so that when they think about car washing, they're going to think about Sergeant Clean. Um, and then maybe in some of those lighter months, we're going to use it as an opportunity to uh, strengthen our partnerships in the communities that we serve. So it's not like hard ROI campaigns, but we're kind of building that base so that we can pull that word of mouth as we consistently move the business for further. Okay, we're going to come back to something that you said, uh, but first I want to go to Ann. Yeah, so as far as when we're doing our offers, we definitely look at seasonality. You can even look at something like day parting. You know, do you have extended hours and you want to drive people in the mornings and evenings, which you could make an assumption is, is when you're not as busy. So in, in addition to doing things like Nick was saying, seasonality, looking at day parts, you know, when can we make a really great experience for people by spreading out the traffic throughout our site during the day? We also like to discount for our new store openings. So that would be one of the biggest you know, motivators for us to put an offer out there into market would be relating to a new site. Uh, we tend to, when we do our new store openings, you're very focused on memberships at Soapy Joe's and we want to ramp as quickly as possible. So in that sense, we're giving out our discounts, but they're mostly focused on becoming a member. That's what we want to be known for. Uh, like Nick was saying, like, what do you think of when you think of our brand? And we want to be membership focused. Um, so in addition to seasonality, new store openings, and then we had um, a, a unique opportunity for us at Soapy Joe's this spring, we launched our ceramic product. And in that sense, we did an offer on that package itself to really highlight that we had something new, something interesting for people who happily do come to us. Um, if they're not members yet, we offered a acquisition into our membership program relating to that ceramic. And then we also offered upgrade offers. So if there was somebody in a lower wash package that was interested and that ceramic caught their eye, and we could motivate them to move up as well. So those are a couple of the different instances where we like to really focus our offers why and the behaviors that we're trying to incent, both acquisition and then upsell as well. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so now I wanna I want come back to one thing um, that <clears throat> Nick Rodia was talking about, and it's this idea of when to push on the gas, right? So uh, Nick, you already answered, but I wanna hear from Nick Lopez and, and from Ann on your all strategy in terms of like, do you, do you lean in heavily into those kind of months when your volume is high already to try to drive volume over the, over the roof? Or are you trying to level out your volumes through the year? What, what's sort of your all's approach? Uh, and we'll go Ann first. Yeah, there's no moment in which we are not trying to acquire as many customers as possible. Yeah. So no, no, we're not trying always to, on the gas. no, always, always on, on the gas, gas. always on. Yeah. Um, but I would say, uh, Remind me your question, Nick I, or Matt. I totally lost my train of thought. Well, are there times like are there times when you are um, like maybe more aggressive with it? Like you know you're gonna you know the people are paying attention because they're washing a lot, 
do you go more in on some of your promotional offerings or do you back off of the promotional and message other things? Yeah, if we're not going full steam ahead on our memberships, we're looking at things like how do we retain those customers that we have? So yeah. really looking at member experience, you know, if we're not going hard, hard, hard on acquiring, we're most likely doing something to reinforce the experience for our existing members. Because once we've acquired them, of course, we want to get them to stay. So right. if, you know, there isn't that moment where we're going hard on that, and I can't think of one where we're not trying to acquire members, <laughs> uh, we're complimenting it with something like the experience. And then, of course, the techniques and tactics to really affect um, retention in a concrete way as well, in addition to the experience. How about you, Nick Lopez? Um, yeah, I definitely agree with Anne. Like, we're always looking for a splashy something to attach a promo to, and and of course we lay out seasonality. Right now, I'm in the middle of pollen season. Money's just falling from the sky. It's amazing. <laughs> uh, we're watching so many cards; it's kind of crazy. But I, I will give you this is the ideology that I've worked from. Um, after reviewing a ton of data set and looking at members and single wash users and when they convert, it, it came for us to really understand that if I could get somebody to wash two to three times within the first 30 to 45 days they had the pass, that their um, retention would jump to like right at almost over six months. And then if they're past that point, they literally never leave. Like it's just they're on forever. Um, and so the wager that I make and, and, and the way that I kind of attack this is that I look at when people are going to have to use these washes as often as possible. And that's when I'm going to give the deepest ass discounts on my promos. If I can get a membership sticker on your window and you will show up every three days because, well, your car is so green that you can't see through it. Well, then by the time I get to June, your habits have been so ingrained of you using that on a regular basis that I don't ever have to worry about you leaving unless I screw up. Um, that's the site. I mean, so my background's in psychology. So I'm always looking to how do I, for a better word, manipulate the customer <laughs> into becoming part of their routine, part of their habits, part of their lifestyle. Um, and, and this is one of and that's the big push that we make. So all of my promotions are kind of based on that. So I went through, looked at what are my absolute top wash months, and then two weeks beforehand, I hit with really huge promotions, and they kind of scale down depending on where my volume's at. But that's the wager we've been playing, and my churn rate's lower than pretty much anybody else's in the country, um, so I've been told. Um, and then we just focus super hard on customer service. I mean, yeah. that's a, you know, I think customer service is a game that, I mean, it's always, it's an ebb and flow. Like we focus real hard on it. The guys get real good. Everybody's paying attention. And then we start focusing on other things, operation processes, customer service goes to crap. And we got to turn back around and be like, no, 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 guys. Um, little shout out to lead. I always got to give out my shout outs to lead. Since putting them on program, my customer service metrics have come up 30% and stayed there. Um, it was a different set to be able to sit down with these kids and really get them to understand customer service in a level that they just grasped. They finally like took hold of because I'd been talking at them forever and, and they'd never really picked it up. Um, between customer service and, and getting people to just wash because they have to, 
you've got an unbeatable sauce there yeah. that that you'll just keep adding members, keep adding members, keep adding members. And yeah, do I churn out three to four percent? Sure, but who's gonna shit? Who's gonna shake a stick at that? <laughs> hey, okay. So if you're listening or watching and you're curious what uh, what uh, Nick was promoting, uh, he's talking about Lead, which is ICA's uh, car wash manager training platform, and the specifically mentioning uh, the latest. Uh, module to drop or module is probably not the right term, but the, the latest coursework to drop, which is all around service and having those conversations. So um, those folks who are on it, they're, they're rolling that out and getting engaged in that. Now, if you're not on it, you should check it out. You should do that. That's the end of the promotions for this show. Uh, now um, what we, what we're talking about here is really all around being intentional, right? Like, cause when you think about a discount strategy or promotional strategy, it's one thing to say that what we're trying to do is just get people on a lot. Okay. That's, that's fine, but that's not being very intentional. You're just like throwing stuff at the wall. When we start to get intentional, it starts to be around these things uh, like Nick Lopez was just talking about where he looks at the data and then is making a smart decision on when to discount based on that. And it's, it's paying off in his case. I'm sure it's paying off uh, for Nick Rodia and Ann uh, Mahler as well at their organizations. We've got a, we've got a pretty smart group on the panel here today. Um, but what the last part of what I want to talk about when it comes to offer strategies, which will push us into the next, next category is a little bit of the how, and, um, what I, what I really want us to focus on is how do we make an offer so that we are getting something in return? Because I think that that was a missing component for a long time. You just, you threw your coupons in the, in the mailer, uh, and it was, um, you know, in the thing that people can get in their mailbox and turn and dump right? They just dump it out. Um, so I'm curious about any strategies you all might be employing to make sure that when you offer that you're going to, you're going to have a good return on that, whether it's through customer data or something else. And let's start with Nick Rodia, cause we haven't heard from you in a minute. Well, you just, you said a lot right there, Matt. So I'm not <laughs> quite sure which angle I want to attack here. So let's hope I don't go off the rails. Well, okay. So let me start with saying what Nick number one said is, is spot on. There, there really is something to building that habit. That's kind of the consumer behavior piece of marketing that kind of gets me excited. It's almost like a game, but you know, the data that he just spouted out is, is spot on. We use the, the number 45 days. If we can get you hooked in for 45 days, we feel like we're starting to build that habit no matter what time of year it is. So in terms of offer strategy, uh, we look at maybe a few different ways. And, and Ann, Ann made mention of it earlier in the segment that we, we use free as, as a carrot a lot of the times because we know that folks, it, it's going to draw them to the site. And then we're training our teams to kind of pivot that conversation in a quick elevator pitch to make mention of the membership. And we're not beating up on our team if folks say, no, hey, I'm just here for the free wash, but they're here and they're going to get to experience uh, the, the speed, smile, sparkle that we like to say is ingrained with our, within our organization. And even though we don't have tracking on really if those folks are coming back, uh, we know that we're setting our best foot forward. So the other part of that is we've run A-B testing where we're doing X amount of dollars off or a percentage off. 
And in that case, we know that we're going to draw wheels to the lot and folks know that they're going to be opening the wallet. So the question is training with our team, our frontline team members again is, is there an opportunity to upsell or if they're there for a single visit wash, can we position the membership uh, in a way that it's going to be super appealing to them because they know they're coming there and they're going to spend some money. Well, what benefit can we put in front of them that let's get them on the membership? So I think in terms of strategy, in terms of discounting or an offer where you're going to maybe give a little bit up front at the initial sale, you know that there's an opportunity if we can make sure that that experience is consistent each time they visit us in those first 45 days, that that discount up front is going to pay for itself X amount of times over if they're sticking on in terms of lifetime value. So I don't know if I spoke specifically to your question, but I, I that was in the back of my head. So I wanted to get that out there. <laughs> it was it was within the rails. Yeah. It was it was yeah it was in the guidelines. We put the bumpers up. It's fine. It doesn't matter. Um, and I want to know I want to know your take on this. I think there was a lot of great stuff, uh, Nick Rudy, and, and what you just said, especially around um, it's it's the whole thing, right? It's like yeah, you can. You can have a loss leader of a free of a free discount or a free offer, but the it's it's the long game. It's the whole thing that we're doing in our businesses that's going to make the difference. So, and um, I want to hear from you. How do you when we're offering? How how do we make sure? Is there anything specific that you do uh, to make sure that you're getting something in return? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm all about data collection. I think that's one of the hallmarks of how our team has really uh, internalized what we can uh, create a value both for the customer and for ourselves when we're making offers. So a concrete example of that would be when we're out in the community at a community event, say it's a 5k race or something of that nature, where we are at the very top of that funnel, people are just maybe hearing about us for the first time. So the awareness stage, and we want to accelerate them immediately into trial. So we'll have signs that would say, you know, text SOAPY to 94321, which is our dedicated short code. And in that way, I'm collecting. And once they text, we send them out their barcode for their free wash. But in that sense, I've collected and enriched my database with their information in exchange for that free wash, which means I'm going to promote to them later. So we'll save that, all that information in that database, and then we're able to send them offers in the future if we happen to have them, whether we're addressing the seasonality we spoke about earlier, or we have a new product offering, whatever is contextually relevant in the future. Um, I would use that database. They've had a free wash. They've tasted the goods. They see the you know incredible product we're putting out, which means they would be primed in the future and really ready for a offer to become a member. Get that data. Get that data. Get that data. But then use it. <laughs> yeah, and then Not use, use it. it. Yeah, yeah. It's, number one, get it. Number two, actually use it. Use it. Yeah. Some of us maybe missed that step. That's fine. Uh, Nick Lopez, I know, I know what you're gonna say, but I'm gonna let you say it anyway. Coupons. Yeah. Dude, send them coupons. More this coupons. Team did lots of coupons. Is that what I was supposed to say? I was supposed to say coupons. <laughs> how uh, the how. Yeah. The how, the how. Honestly, I, I wasn't paying attention because I had to stop and write that down because every time I hang out with Ange, she comes out with some stupid, awesome idea that I hadn't ever thought of. <laughs> Text codes at events. That's brilliant. Sorry. Um, and that's where I was. I was distracted. Um, the how of giving out coupons, yeah, absolutely. Like, I refuse to give out anything without uh, being able to get something back for it. Uh, something that uh, totally is off the like left side of the field that I don't think we've really talked about, and it's something that I've mentioned before, 
uh, a while back, years ago, I created a Google form that is my secret shopper form. So it asks a bunch of questions, what I'm looking at from the customer experience, take a look at my guys. And then within the last year, since QR codes are now like hot to trot now, we're using the heck out of them, love QR codes. Um, instead of uh, putting random stuff on my business card, uh, or rather, excuse me, on the free wash cards that I like to carry around with me, uh, I put a big QR code for that secret shopper survey. And mm. so when I run around town handing out free washes to the banker and Chick-fil-A and whoever else I see, it's the thing I started asking them for. Hey, man, do me a favor, though. Go look at this and fill out this form so I can start making sure that my guys are on point. When I'm not there, when they don't know that I'm looking, that they are giving out the best customer service. Because at the end of the day, I am born and raised San Antonio. I'm from here, seven years from here. I use my face to market my business more often than I probably use my logo. And every time my guys put out a frown on somebody's face, it reflects back on me personally, me, my family, and our company and who we are. I tell my guys all the time, like it means a whole hell of a lot to me that when people leave our wash, that they do it with a smile on their face and they know that the bubble bath car wash took care of them and alternatively that the Lopez family took care of them. And so using even using free washes to push that priority for me um has also been a great way of getting something back when i'm giving out free stuff you yeah. didn't think i was going to say that did you i, w I was i was not <laughs> ready for that no that was different you see i, I always want to be on my toes around you because you know you just never know uh but that yeah that, no, that's great i love that angle because yeah on the one hand we're, we've, we've got it covered collecting data and making sure that you're driving people to that but that's a different kind of data to collect. Yeah, and not only that, when they fill out my little secret shopper form, it also requests, you know, your email address and your stuff. So yep. I'm getting yep. your info anyways. <laughs> it's your psychology at play again. Here we go, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be careful around you because I might, you might unearth some things. So. Yeah, <laughs> nothing we can't fix in a couple hours, bro. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll lay on the couch and you'll, yeah, here we go. Um, <laughs> Where are we going? Let's come back now. Okay, so we, we talked a little bit about pushing people into uh, into data. So making sure that when you're uh, pushing your offers out there, you're collecting that data, that you're doing something with it. We've got lots of episodes talking about data. We've got some other uh, programs we're going to run specifically around data. So we're not going to spend any more time on that. But we are going to talk about uh, how can we, and Nick Lopez, you actually kind of led into this, how can we create real relationships um, with our members? Because if you... If you had a chance to look at the latest ICA consumer study, there's some good news in there. Lots of good news for car wash in, uh, in general. Um, one of those things is that in in general, more than half of the population that, that go through a car wash are having a positive experience. That's great. That's up from before. So that's really good news. Here's the, here's the area of opportunity. And this is why this is conversation I think is important. For those customers who said that they felt special or important, that number is less than 20%. That's not very good, uh, especially if we're in a business where we're trying to be the preferred provider of a service uh, and to get people to join our organizations as members or subscribers. So I want to know from from you all, uh, maybe what's the, what's the kind of one or two things that you really focus on when it comes to trying to create a real meaningful relationship and to make that customer feel special, both uh, when they're on the lot and when they're away from the lot. Uh, and I'm going to go to 
I'm watching faces to see who seems ready. I'm going to go to Anne. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I would say number one thing that we do to make sure that we're, you know, giving the most to our members is that we listen to them. And I think that's the key to any relationship anyways, is communication <laughs> on point. We're going to get you guys back on the psych couch with Matt. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, are we asking them what they think and are we meaningfully using that information? So we like to do our annual survey. We like to survey people who are canceling so we can learn more about what we can do better there. We like to watch our reviews online. What are they saying? Can we categorize those into trends? And then, you know, can we listen and can we take action with what our customers are telling us? So I would say that that really is the cornerstone you know, of, of our approach to how we create meaningful relationships. And then from there, we like to have fun. I mean, it's all the, the fun promotional stuff we do, which doesn't mean a price promotion, but really those engaging kind of programmatic campaigns that we like to run, <clears throat> the more we can bring those back to that data and what they've told us, the better. I love that. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, we, we have to remember that uh, people like to get their car washed right it's like it's a fun experience and it should be that way uh nick rodia how about you creating so, relationships yeah uh, i think it starts with our our frontline team members i mean we're you know 2021 and 2022 i think all of us in the the retail space you know looking at hiring was was a challenge um, we, we've been blessed with a lot of great team members that have tenure with us and then brought in uh, new faces to the organization. But I think that starts with being really selective with, with who we're bringing in because we want them to mirror the values that we as a company want to put out externally to the communities that we serve. And, and one of those is, uh, is smiling. So uh, we ask our team members, you know, we're trying to make the process here as efficient as possible uh, for our members and guests, but we'll, we'll have a dedicated position in a members only lane that their job is to be there and just sit there and smile to folks. And we consistently see feedback, whether it's through uh, social media channels, Google My Business, or any type of customer surveys or NPS scores, that that makes a difference. People will call that out and say that I know that my experience is going to be consistent. I'm going to be greeted by, you know, a wave or a smile from the team members. And that can be a differentiator for you in a market where you may have other operators in play. And that's something that you can control, right? So, you know, we think of Chick-fil-A and the awesome customer service they, that they have. Yeah, they have great chicken, of course, uh, but people always... And, make reference to the, my pleasure, you know, and that's something that's because of a consistent experience each time that you go, no matter which state you're visiting the Chick-fil-A in. And, it, and I think that that first and foremost is, is something that we want to prioritize in our organization and make sure that there's consistency and a friendly face there um, each time they're visiting any of our sites. That's, that's a great answer. So what I heard there was hire the smile. You can teach the rest. That's, that's what I heard out of you. Uh, Nick Lopez, how about you? Um, I would like to take the third piece of engagement and, and that is from a community, a community perspective. Um, 
we can talk about how we interact on a business level, definitely um, on a site-to-site -site interaction. Lastly, it's about how our business interacts with the community. Um, as small businessmen, um, especially as hyper-local um, as I happen to be, and pretty sure both of my counterparts here are, um, we have the ability to really lean into our communities. I have zero interest in sponsoring or fundraising or helping out national brands. They don't need me. They got plenty of damn money, and it's not what's of interest to me. I want kids' schools. I want the children's museum down, down the street. I want – there's all sorts of programs. Right now, we are, we are in Arc of San Antonio. We're sponsoring uh, people who needed help uh, with disabilities, family services. We lean in to the heart of our town. If people are going to come out and spend their money with me in the way they do, um, then it is my responsibility as not only a San Antonian, but a member of our business community to make sure that we are continually giving back to the community. Um, you know, I got to harp on this all the time. Um, we do, we've done murals. Uh, we do park walks and trash pickups and disaster cleanup. Um, any way that we can figure out, and honestly, half the time, it is just born out of, dude, this is a problem. How can we help? And we go and figure yeah. it out. And we go out and lean out into the community, and they see us there with our bubble bath shirts, knowing that the owners are from this town, and everybody who works there is born and raised in San Antonio. We all know which high schools you went to. And that piece of communication with the city is, to me not only my responsibility, but at the same time is what gave me the confidence to know that I can stand tall against other brands coming into the city, much larger national brands, because I will always be the guy who's small enough and nimble enough to make sure that my community presence is remembered. Um, because I care, because I genuinely give a shit. And I don't know if you can really get that from somebody outside of their own hometown, really. Yeah. Or where they live. Yeah. Well, those are, those are three pretty freaking amazing answers. Uh, I have nothing to, add, nothing to add to any of that. Um, I was going to try to like have some dynamite drop. I got nothing. You guys, that, that, that's, that's such good stuff. Uh, I want to, I want to move into the last piece of this, which you, there might not be not much to t touch on here because at the end of the game, um, or at the end of the day, the, the name and retention and referrals is really what we've already talked about, which is uh, having great customer communication, having great employees, having great experiences, uh, being involved in your communities. So making those customers feel special, um, of course, they're going to come back. If you're, if you're smart enough with your strategies in terms of when you hit them with offers, they're going to come back because they, they get their wash incidents up. And so they're going to like the experience and come back. So those are all keys. Is there anything that we're missing from a retention or referral basis, whether that's a, a tactic or a way of thinking um, that you all want to share? And I'm going to go to Nick Lopez because he was shaking his head. Oh, it's just, I mean, I was kids. It was funny. It's like something you've missed. And like, honestly, I think the hardest piece for us uh, is the single wash user. I'm trying yeah. to track the experience from uh, really the way Anne laid it out from awareness to conversion to even a single wash, unless you're dabbling in LPR, there's not a 
good way to really track what you're doing. And for somebody like me who relies very heavily on data to define whether or not I'm making good decisions or not, that has continually been a frustrating point for us. Um, and so we, we keep pushing at other ways of collecting that. That's why I wrote down her text code thing. I was like, oh, it's another great way to grab info. Um, because truthfully, it's, it's impossible to have a conversation if you don't have somebody's phone number or email address. You can't talk to somebody that, that you don't have contact info for. Yeah. Um, and so if you're not spending your time gathering that data and make, I mean, it doesn't even matter if you're using it yet. Just make sure you're gathering it and that it's accurate um, because accuracy matters too. Uh, you're just killing yourself. Um, it, it's you've got to be able to have that conversation. Um, and so, you know, I continue to try and figure out uh, how we can communicate with the the people who who won't who are being a little stubborn about <laughs> about letting me talk to them. Um, and some of that's got to be on me too, right? I got to be respectful yeah. about how many mail things I'm sending them, uh, emails rather. But um, that and. I just want to tell everybody, just remember, like everything we've talked about is part of a whole. You, you, every, every, the, the community pieces have to be followed with a way to get those same people to your washes and then from your washes, being able to track them into memberships. And then once they're in memberships, tracking their usage and making sure they stick around. Because if you don't follow it all the way through, it's just you, it's worthless. Like it doesn't you, you got to finish. Um, so please don't take all the little suggestions that they have and just plug and play, make them a whole, come up with yeah. a full marketing and cohesive promotion plan that you can lean into and really follow the full journey. You'll end up wasting a lot less money. Because Nick Lopez, car washing is a journey, not a it's destination. A <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Nick, you, you segued us. Try to make that funny. It was actually really well placed. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. I mean, I, yeah, well, you know, that's what I do. I, I, I can't lean into too much serious. It just doesn't work for me. Um, and from your perspective, is there anything that's been really impactful or successful when it comes to that retention and referral space that maybe we haven't covered? Yeah, I would say the, the item that we haven't covered yet, because in, in addition to the relationship aspect, would be looking at your unforced churn. So these are not people who are choosing to leave because we stubbed our toe on whatever it was, wash quality experience, et cetera. Um, or maybe they had a change in their life, but the people who are churning out for something very functional, like their credit card is declining, you know, is that, and really understanding and looking at those bank codes, cause you can look and see what those are. Is it lost and stolen card? Is it insufficient funds? Is it, um, you know, any of those number of things that you can see with your credit card processor and really managing and ratcheting down on those unforced churns? I mean, people who just their credit cards are expiring, we should be all over that as an industry. We need to know when that's happening, need to get communications out to them. And even something as simple, we happen to be on DRB for our point of sale system. You can even have an alert go off when those people drive up to the express pay terminal and a message show that says you're 30 days away from um, the end of your billing cycle, et cetera, and really prompt them there on site. So I would say minding that unforced churn, people who have a functional credit card thing happening in their lives, and really look at that and see what you can do to, to hold on to that X percent um, that that is every month for your membership base. Yeah, that's a really good one because it, it's easy for us to let kind of the processors do what they do and think that everything's fine and that 
that the only thing that we can do to recapture them is to let them do their, you know, their tracking stuff on the back end and all the fancy things that I don't understand. But really, really at the end of the day, it's like, it's on us to be like paying attention ahead of time. So we know it's coming so we can do something about it so that the journey uh, doesn't end the day that their card happens to, you know, expire on us. So uh, Nick Rodia, how about you retaining uh, customers and referrals, anything that's been super successful? Yeah, looking at it from the uh, retention piece, um, Anne made, she referenced it earlier and saying, listen, so we just got results back from a customer experience survey. And I don't want to hear from our promoters. Uh, if you're looking at NPS, the nine and tens, give me all the feedback from the passives and all the detractors, because that's where the opportunity is, right? So that gives you an opportunity to not only listen, but then the other piece of that is act. You know, it's going to hold your feet to the fire a little bit and, and require some accountability on, on, your half, on your behalf to kind of look at the feedback that you're getting. Uh, maybe these folks do continue to uh, recharge each and every month, but they're trying to tell you something. And can you... Can you do everything, every suggestion that people are asking? No, but there can be common themes there where you can say, hey, we've heard this so many times that there's value there. And it provides us an opportunity to say, how can we recognize that, act on it, so that you're building loyalty with your members? So listen, but more importantly, then act. Yeah, love it, love it. All right. This, this episode has been chock full of good stuff, but it's not a complete episode if we don't ask the last question and maybe the most important question of the whole day, which is, what is one thing that I can do today to Margaret. be better tomorrow? <laughs> 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 so we're, Sorry. Man, we're going to reverse it here. We're going to go Nick Rodia. One thing I can do today to be better tomorrow. What do you say? So let's look at low-hanging fruit. I'd say we've, we've talked a lot about data, but I think first and foremost, if you look at the data that you've already collected, whether it's uh, your members or non-members, start there and see, as we referenced earlier in these segments, is there anything that I can gain from analyzing that data? Is there any lookalike audiences that we can target specifically that we know has worked historically in the past. So I think data collection is, there's operators all over the map with that on where they're at in terms of a lot or a little or potentially none at all. But if you can look internally at the data that you already hold, it's gonna position you or give you a head start on folks that might be similar and it's gonna find value in the services that you offer. Love it. Love it. Don't be afraid to look at the low-hanging fruit uh, because guess what? That's also the stuff that you can accomplish relatively quickly to help you build momentum. So, uh, And what do you say? What is one thing that I can do today to be better tomorrow? I would say start collecting the data. If you haven't had a program in place that helps you to understand what it is your customers want from you, like from you, um, 
I, I would start by that and it doesn't have to be fancy. You know, I use SurveyMonkey to power a lot of our surveys on the back end. It's very user-friendly. You can do it yourself. You don't have to have a fancy agency on your behalf um, or just take a clipboard and go out to your parking lots today and just start talking to people. Ask them what you really want to know. Um, you may need to give them something, you know, in return to spend five, 10 minutes talking to you. But I would say if you haven't started that data collection process, you start today. Perfect. Perfect. Start. You got to start. Got to start somewhere. Uh, I'm afraid to do this, but Nick Lopez, uh, bring us home. One thing today that I can do to be better tomorrow. This is kind of killing me. And took what I was going to say. <laughs> Survey monkey. Like I was all excited. I had the right thing to say. And now I got to come up with something better than that. Um, <laughs> one thing to make yourself better today, dude. Um, Honestly, I'm going to go like way off the cuff, and I'm just going to tell you uh, a, a little just be humble, humility. Go go and ask your customers and ask your staff from a personal point of view, um, and if you can pull it off anonymously, it's better because if you've ever asked your underlings how awesome they think you are and they've gone, nah, you suck, and here's your problems here, here, and here, you found some that you need to keep forever. Yeah. Um but if, if you have the ability to, to take a moment to see how your organization views you, the head of the organization, um, that'll provide you some, some eye-opening feedback um, that I promise will not only change uh, your organization, but how you run your business. It's a worthwhile venture. Um, that's what I got. That is, you know what, for, for off the cuff, that's pretty, pretty sage advice because one of the hardest things for anybody to do is to hear feedback that they don't necessarily like. Uh, it's that whole 360 feedback concept. And sometimes the feedback's not great. And it's all in what you do with that feedback that makes the difference between whether you become a great leader or, or, or you become just, a, just a, a, a tactician and a doer and you bounce from business to business. So, um, Friends, we're going to wrap it up on that today. Thank you so much for spending so much of your time with me. Uh, and thank you for being on this ride with me today. These episodes can be found at carwashmagazine.com or more importantly, you can download the Car Wash Magazine app and have it in the palm of your hand anytime, anywhere, uh, and any place that you happen to be. So until next time, if you're out there and you're just killing it washing cars, there's just one thing you've got to do, and that is keep it clean. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.